everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about dopamine and weight loss. This is such an important topic to understand because it can really make a difference in how you think about your weight loss and ultimately results you're going to get. So dopamine is really the grass's greener chemical. It's the thing that drives a lot of our behavior. And so we want to understand how to manipulate it to some degree in order to help us reach our weight loss goals. So we're going to keep this simple and we're going to start with the idea that there's two dopamine circuits, right? You have a dopamine desire circuit and a dopamine control circuit. The dopamine desire circuit is routed through your limbic brain and it is that feeling you get and what drives you to want to eat some of your favorite foods that, that are not the healthiest, uh, ice cream, pizza, all these things. We anticipate eating those foods and we get a spike of dopamine. We actually eat the foods, we get a big spike of dopamine. And the dopamine desire circuit, it, we experience it as kind of a spike crash. That's kind of the feeling of it. The dopamine control circuit is routed through our prefrontal cortex. And this one, we experience the, the dopamine's a more slow, steady increase. All right, this is like when you enroll in college and you're gonna get a degree. Uh, it's kind of painful along the way, but you know at the end of the tunnel, it's gonna be better, okay? And so it's this more slow, steady improvement and thing we're looking forward to. So we'll make the commitment now to something we don't necessarily love in service of getting something better at the end. Okay, so when it comes to weight loss, a big part of what we're doing is really getting ourselves to focus more on the control circuit and routing the dopamine through there than through the desire circuit. And this is a big part of the challenge of really transforming your mindset um, from one that's fixated on food, right? And so this creates kind of the hedonic pleasure where we're just obsessed with the eating of the food. Um, that is really that, that spike crash feeling. We want it. It's, it's arousing. It's exciting. Um, there's a lot of intensity with it. Uh, but when you step back and think about it, what you really want is you want that slow, steady improvement. You want to get to your goal weight and then you want to stay there you know, until you, you know, you, you reach it, then you want to just keep getting better and better and better. And so we want the control circuits. Um, that's where we want to route things through. So having this paradigm and this understanding of, of these two systems can be really helpful because that's the big challenge at first. The big challenge is that your brain and you want that spike crash. It's instant. It's exciting. It's arousing. You know, you're going to get it. So we look forward to the ice creams, the cookies, all this stuff here, because as we anticipate it, Again, there's that spike and that crash of eating it. Um, but you know, when you take a step back and logically think about it, what you really want, again, is, is that slow, steady climb. So that is a big part of what I would suggest you make your weight loss about is consistently routing your thinking through your prefrontal cortex, intentionally saying, I want the body. I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be slim. I want to be healthy. I want to be happier. I want to be fitter, more mobile. All the things that you're going to get out of it, you have to keep on focusing on because every time you focus on those big things, you route the dopamine through that circuit and you strengthen the circuit up and you weaken the other one. And what unfortunately a lot of people do is even when they're dieting, they're still fixated on that dopamine desire circuit because they keep thinking about the spike and crash of all their favorite foods and then they think about not getting that. And so they're not replacing that dopamine desire circuit with the control circuit. So this is a big part of what's going to help you out is if you consistently, now again, in programming yourself, then we have a process for this because part of what we're doing is hypnotic dopamine manipulation here. It makes it a lot easier. Dopamine was driving most of your behavior and your thinking. And so as you intentionally, consistently, day after day, spend a little bit of time thinking of the goal that you want to achieve, really connecting yourself to that goal, 
um, you start to strengthen that circuit and it gets stronger. And when you get into those situations where you are tempted by a food, you know, you can understand logically, you can separate yourself from the emotion of it and step back and say, yes, that is exciting to eat that food and it is pleasurable, but it's a short-term pleasure. It's a spike crash experience. And what I'm after is really that long-term sustained improvement success. That's what I want. But you have to reinforce this. You have got to do it. Because if you're just relying on willpower to fight against that desire circuit, you know, again, you have to understand your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. So whether you're thinking about eating cookies or thinking about not eating cookies, you're still thinking about cookies. And that's kind of that diet mindset. So a big part of your success is unleashed when you start to focus consistently on the person you want to become. And again, I go back to having you reference uh, times in your life when you've committed to a big goal right? Um, marriage, right? It's again, marriage, it, it's, it's a big goal that we commit to. Sometimes there's other things that may be a, a spike crash pleasure, um, but we say no in service of the bigger goal. Uh, work, right? A lot of times you wake up, you're lying in bed, you'd rather just sleep there, have the, the spike, you know, crash experience just sleeping in late. That feels great. But again, you get up and do it because of that bigger goal. College, same thing, right? The classes are hard. This work is hard. We'd rather have the spike crash of going out and partying or just blowing it all off. But instead, we commit to that long-term goal. But there's got to be that long-term goal that we're consistently referencing and reinforcing in our mind so that that circuit gets strong and so that we realize there is pleasure in that as well. It's a different pleasure, though. Okay, so that's what we're doing. We are trading that spike crash temporary intense pleasure for a more long-term sustained pleasure, right? Th that's the secret. So it's just one more way to think about your weight loss. But when you add this layer onto it, it can be very, very helpful because it gives you a conceptual understanding of what you're experiencing and, and another way to kind of define it and understand it and influence yourself to move in the direction you actually want to go in with, with a bit more context, okay? So what I'm suggesting to, to really make use of this in the simplest way is to regularly Take some time and really think about the goal that you're shooting towards. Again, not just losing weight, but becoming that version of yourself who's in control of your weight and mastered it and really imagine yourself in that body so you can develop that circuit and you can tap into the subtle pleasures, the subtle ongoing pleasures of being that version of yourself so that you have something to kind of balance out that spike crash pleasure you get. Okay, so do that and I think you're going to feel a lot different. So yeah, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I, uh, I'm happy to, to do my best to, to answer them, you know, if I can. Uh, so yeah, where are we at? Thursday, Thursday afternoon. And uh, uh, it's to start raining again. It's been raining like crazy. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Earl says, thank you so much. Yeah, I hope you like that. You know, that, that dopamine stuff, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the dopamine, <clears throat> there's, there's all, I, I'm not gonna talk about dopamine for a while here because it's, uh, there's a lot of ways in the program that we want to take that into account and influence it because it's one of the main things that drives your behavior. And, you know, one of the interesting things about that is that you have more wiring in your brain for the anticipation of pleasure than the actual experience of pleasure itself especially with food. Now, again, to understand most things, you usually have to go back evolutionarily to really make sense of them. And so in the natural world, well, even now, I suppose, it takes more effort to get the food than it takes to eat the food when it's in front of you, you know? And so it's, it's important to kind of recognize that. So what drives a lot is that dopamine where we're looking forward to it and we're anticipating the pleasure, you know, of having it and eating it. 
And that drives so much of our behavior, um, which actually gets us in a whole nother discussion about the anticipation. You know, so often what people are doing, and this is a big thing we work on in the program, is that, you know, you don't just eat the foods, right? You're not just eating ice cream or pizza or whatever food you're kind of struggling with that you know you, know, you want to get rid of. Um, you're not just eating them. You're running these subconscious processes that are leading you to them. And so a big part of Program Yourself Then is understanding the subtle things you're doing to yourself that bring you to the behaviors that you keep on doing, right? Because those behaviors are running pretty much on autopilot. And um, so as we start to understand more kind of the granular aspects that are leading you to it, you now have more opportunities to strategically change that without just relying on willpower at the end. We want to recognize some of those other things. Um, Ash Am says, I was food shamed. Why does it make me want more food instead of less? I want to lose. Um, yeah, food shaming. You know, a lot of times what happens, listen, one of the most important components of, of, of being human is autonomy, right? Having control over what we're going to do. And I, I work with a lot of clients where this is, this is an issue, where the way they were raised, parents would shame them for food, their weight, all the rest of it. And I think part of what's going on there, anytime we're shamed, is there's a part of us that says, fuck you, <laughs> I can, I'm going to eat this. And so it's like we, th- th- but this gets to the core. Again, that's a certain flavor of it. But at the core of it, really, if you're not losing weight, right, if you, if you want to lose weight and you're not losing weight and it's been that way for a while, there's a good chance it's because you don't actually want to lose weight. And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, um, but I'm a big believer that you weigh what you want to weigh subconsciously, okay? Because you are in control of your weight, right? 99% of people are in control of their weight. You control what you're putting into your mouth. But what happens is there's all this subconscious incongruency, right? Part of you wants to lose weight. Part of you is still like a child and saying, no, I'm not going to eat that. You know, you can't shame me. I'm still a good person. I'll, I'll do what I want. It's all this mixed up emotion. And so a big part of like really succeeding with weight loss is really clearly congruently articulating what you want to achieve here. And one of the easiest ways to get to that place is to break out of just thinking about your weight loss aesthetically, visually. I think this is a big trap people get in. They just think about their weight loss in terms of, I want to look better. And I, that's almost never enough motivation. You really need to expand this. I always say you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. So instead of saying, I want to lose weight and that being the main goal, we change that and we trade it for, I want to be the best version of myself. You see, so now we're upgrading, we're up leveling this weight loss process to much more value because it's just to look different is not going to make the hugest difference in your life. I know you don't believe that, but I promise you because why did, why did 95% of people lose weight and then put it back on if it's so great and that's just the thing that makes all the difference? You know what I mean? Like they're, I'm tr- promising you there's more to it. And so as you start to articulate this as what's the best version of me, right? That becomes the goal. You start to kind of shoot past a lot of that kind of bullshit of the food shaming and the, the stuff in the past, all that stuff, because you're now starting to articulate a much more congruent goal that you want to achieve. What's the best version of me? How do I want to feel energetically, physically, mentally, emotionally? How do I want to perform in my life in the areas that are important to me? What kind of relationships do I want to have? What is me operating at my best? And when you make that the core goal, now listen, you at your best is you at a certain weight as well. You know what I mean? So the weight is part of it, but it's a sub part. And this works a lot better with your mind. You don't even have any biological mechanisms in you that want you to lose weight. You understand that? You've evolved in a situation, natural environment, where the reason why weight loss is hard now is because we have dopamine situation. We have all sorts of mental structures, physical structures 
causing us to want to eat, 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 eat because we've evolved in millions of years with not enough food, right? Now, all of a sudden, we're in a food abundant environment with all that primitive biology, you see? So, so just wanting, trying to want to lose weight is the main motivation. It's a weak motivation. I know you don't believe that, but it's, it's not a strong motivation. If it was a strong motivation, why wouldn't you have lost the weight? Do you know what I mean? Like, like you've got to understand your first, your first challenge if you want to lose weight is getting motivated. You're not motivated. You wish you'd lose weight, right? 10 out of 10, you wish, you, you wish you'd wake up tomorrow and start eating better, but your actual want, desire to do something challenging to do it is like a 3-4. It really is. Just because you think about all the time does not mean you're motivated, you know? So it's so important to get ourselves congruent because once you're truly motivated, the process becomes a lot easier. I'll give you an example of what I mean. It's an unpleasant thought experiment, but let's just go, go with it for a second. What, how motivated do you think you are to lose weight right now? Right? But on a scale of zero to 10, how motivated do you think you are? Right? I want you to give yourself a number. Be honest with yourself. Okay. Now, let's imagine that the person you love most in your life was kidnapped. And the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight this next month, you will never see this person again. Okay. In that scenario, what's your motivation? That's a 10 right? Now notice what that 10 actually feels like, right? With that level of 10, you don't give a shit what food's around you. You're, you're just, you're not going to eat because you're going to lose the weight to make sure you get that person back because you're so focused, congruent, and motivated. You want to get that person back and you're absolutely focused on that. And that makes everything else easier. You're going to be tempted. You don't have to worry about if you can eat it or not. You're, you're, you're fixated, okay? And again, it's just a thought experiment. You know, that's not a real thing, but it's just to give you a sense of what real, genuine, congruent motivation feels like. That's doing most of the heavy lifting. I'm telling you, the problem right now is that it's what we call the ambivalence. Party wants to lose weight. Party doesn't want to lose weight. And this is what everyone who's struggling with weight loss has to deal with. You got you got to resolve this. And this again gets to the mindset piece of weight loss. You know, your mindset is the number one thing impacting your weight. More important than your genetics, more important than your menopause, TOS, your hormones, your thyroid, all of it. Your mindset's the number one thing because your mindset's the number one thing influencing your behaviors and your behaviors are the number one thing influencing your, your weight, you know? So again, we got to get congruent. And once you do that, the process just transforms. It becomes a lot easier. Well, not easy, but easier, right? Um, I've lost weight, but I still think about the huge amount of ice cream sundaes I love. Um... Yeah, well, you know, listen, everyone has to choose their own path, but with Program Yourself Thin, it's really about weight mastery, right? So again, I, I would suggest to all of you change your goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's not the same thing. Um, it's a much more complete explanation, articulation of what you actually want. And so with Program Yourself Thin, our eating plan is a 5-2 model. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. And, you know, I, I think... I think one, you know, again, everyone has to make their own decisions. So if this doesn't work for you, then that's fine. Okay. Because the golden rule of program yourself then is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. All right. So, um, but I, I do think that this kind of goes back to the dopamine too. This is another aspect of that manipulation piece. Because you got to manipulate your dopamine. Your dopamine's running everything in your life. You know, you probably have no idea about it. And um, so as you start strategically manipulating your dopamine, again, that's a huge strategy to help you eat in a way that's going to keep you at your goal weight. But one of the fastest ways to, I'll, I'll speak for myself. One of the fastest ways to, to get me to eat like shit is to say, okay, no more sugar ever again. Okay, that's it. No more carbs. You know, the second I take stuff off my table completely, all of a sudden I feel deprived. And once you feel deprived, you get fixated on it. And now it's just, it, you know, for a lot of people, once that happens, it's just a matter of time. 
you know, until you eat it. So the five, two model, what happens is we, oh, there's just so many benefits. I'm not going to go into all of them, but one of the big ones is, and this is all based on psychological studies. There's so much psychology based into this model. But one of the big ones is this, that um, they did a study. They would tempt people with different, you know, craving based foods, you know, chocolate cake, I believe was one of them. And um, they would show people this and they would have them say different things and see which ones kind of helped most with the cravings. And they tried all this stuff. Oh, I can't have that. I'm on a diet. I shouldn't eat that. No, that's too fattening. They tried all this stuff. The winner by a mile was the phrase, I'll have it later. And I'll have it later was powerful and worked so well because you're not, you're not closing the door on it. You see what I mean? Like you're saying, I'll just have it later. So it's easier to push things off than to just say, I'm never going to have the cake again. You see? So I don't know where you're at with the ice cream, but it's like if you're in the mindset that I can never have ice cream again, that's, well, let me back up one more thing. Your goal weight, folks, you, you don't even know how to pick a goal weight most likely. Don't take this the wrong way. If you're just looking at VMI chart, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Like, like you're, you gotta, you're in control of your weight. You're picking the weight you're at now. Even if it's overweight, you, you've chosen that weight to live at. And you have to understand, you need to choose the goal weight that gives you the best quality of life. That's what I would suggest for you. And what a lot of people do is they pick a goal weight that is not the best quality of life, right? Because they pick a goal weight. Because listen, in order to achieve a certain goal, weight, you got to live and eat a certain way. And a lot of people I end up working with initially, they're choosing a weight. I said, why'd you choose that weight? Well, that's what I weighed when I was 20. That's what I weighed when I got married. That's what I weighed when I lost weight, you know, in the last plan I did. Okay, well, that, that's it. That's the reason. That's a shitty reason. So, you know, if you choose a weight, and this is what a lot of people do, they choose a weight as if it's just in a vacuum. You know, well, okay, you pick that weight, great. But you have to understand the other half of that is that you've got to live and eat a certain way to achieve that. Is if you got to drink water and eat carrots to achieve that weight, that's a shitty quality of life that you're not willing to live at. And so a lot of people have this incongruent goal. They're choosing a weight that they're not willing to live and eat at. And that's one of their first problems. So again, the best way to choose a goal weight that's really congruent and powerful is to choose the weight that gives you the best quality of life. And so I would happily give up five, 10 pounds to be able to eat ice cream occasionally. You know, I mean, not some, I don't really love ice cream, but, but for me, like pasta, um, you know, like burritos, there, there's stuff I like. Now, again, I, I, I'm a believer that a lot of times you don't have to, you know, you, you can really eat anything you want. It's just a, a strategy of how much you eat it, you know, and how you eat it. Um, but anyways, that, that would be my suggestion to you. And I, I suggest you deal with it now because I see this, people do this all the time with the abstinence model of, of weight loss, right? That's the diet model in, in a lot of do, things. No more carbs, no more sweets, no more cookies, right? This, and they do it. You can do that for a little while, you know? And again, that this feeds into a bigger problem that you're thinking about your weight loss as a temporary thing. Oh, I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. You know, that's why I say you're not, you don't want to just lose weight. You, you've lost weight and put it on before. I know you have, and it sucks. Right? You're not looking back at that experience and just feeling great about it. You feel like shit about it. And so you know, it's a, lot, it's a lot more helpful to start thinking, articulate the goal specifically with what you want. And what you want is you want to live at your goal weight. You know? So make sure you articulate it that way. Because you know, once you articulate that way, you can set yourself for that kind of success. Most people, when you look at their diets, they're not doing that. They're setting themselves up for something they can do for a little while, not long term. The way I'm living and eating, I, I anticipate living and eating this way for the rest of my life. Like I, I could do this for another hundred years. I love it, you know? And so I, I'm doing this thing where I, I eat this way, um, you know, because I love it. it. But it took me a little while to figure it out, but now I have it. So it makes everything else easier, you know? Your advice has helped me so much. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad. That's why I do it. That's awesome. Yeah. Ladina, you're welcome. 
Um, I'll, uh, I, if I eat Kraft mac and cheese every day for a year, will I develop tapeworms? <laughs> Thank you for your answer. Dopamine plays a big role in comfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the dopamine stuff, I, I, like, I, I really, I, it, it's so woven into the program yourself then course. I don't really, I don't really uh, discuss it in, explicitly like that too often, but it, it, it's weaved into everything because it just drives all of our behavior, you know? And, and we live in a world now where we're just being dopamine juiced all the time, you know? And so it's especially hard. It is hard. Like, there's no doubt. Listen, every commercial you see, right? Every, every commercial you see for food that you like, it triggers dopamine in you, right? And, and what it does, see, it's not like, like well, it's dopamine. Oh, so there's more dopamine. Well, what's that mean? It's the effect of it that matters. So it's like you, you love Toll House cookies. Now I'm seeing you see a Toll House cookie ad on, on TV, right? So you start, you, you get a little burst of dopamine. And now all of a sudden, your eyes, your ears, your, your nose, they start smelling cookies. You know what I mean? And now you start getting fixated on cookies. And then you say, no, no, we can't have cookies. And now your dopamine drops and now you feel shitty. And you say, oh, okay, well, maybe we will. Maybe we'll have some. You see? So it's regulating how you feel. So, you know, taking this all into account, I think, is really important. Even in the beginning, even if you feel like shit, at least if you can say, oh, that's just the dopamine, at least that, you know, even knowing that is part of the strategy of dealing with it, you know? But it's so layered and, and no one knows this stuff. You know, I mean, people know very little. Uh, oh, good Lord. You know, that's why I do this stuff for free. You know, I, I get on here every day and do this. I got a program, you know, I, mean, I do coaching and stuff. So it's like I, I have a Robin Hood model of my business where, you know, people invest a lot of money with me to work with me. Um, and then I just give, you know, the, I give everything away as well. And um, it's because this is a mission for me. This is life and death. You know, we, we undervalue weight and health in the society. You know, there's a lot of money being made off you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. And so this is such a passion for me because this is life and death. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. You know, so this isn't just about looking good in a bathing suit. This is about you living as long as you can and the best quality of life that you possibly can while you're here. And so that's why I do this. You know, it's, it's really, it's my service to you. So, yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, uh, I hope it helps out. Intermittent fasting is what's worked for me. Yeah, great. Intermittent fasting is great. Um, you know, here's the thing though, right? Like intermittent fasting, I like intermittent fasting, I intermittent fast. So, so let me just preface it by saying that. Um, but I don't think of it, uh, oh, thanks. You're an awesome guy. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, intermittent fasting, I backed into it, right? I always say that because my worst habit was that I was, I would eat at night. And uh, I wanted to get rid of that. And so I, I really worked on, this was 30 years ago. There was no intermittent fasting as I knew it then. Um, but I stopped eating at night. So ultimately, I don't know. Again, intermittent fasting is funny because I don't know what the specific definitions are. So I usually stop eating 6, 7 o'clock at night, starting the next day, 7, 8. So it was about 13 hours, somewhere in that ballpark. And, but I never called it intermittent fasting. you know. And so one of the challenges of intermittent fasting, I would say, is that if it works for you, that's awesome. If you've tried it and it didn't work for you, maybe you just jumped into it too fast. That that's the classic diet mistake is that because they're like, oh, you got to do 16 hours, all, all the benefits in the last two hours. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. If you can't do it, if you can't get past 13 hours, then there's no benefits in the last two hours, you know? And this idea that you have to force yourself to do that, I, I think is crazy because I'm telling you this because I'm at 13 hours and there was a tremendous benefit. You know what I mean? Like, like the problem with the diets is we get fixated on one little aspect of it. Every diet is built around one tactic. And intermittent fasting is no different. 
And so some people are kind of primed that it was going to work for them. That's how most diets are. Everyone succeeds. On, all the diets work if you follow them. And there's always some people the diet resonates with and they, they succeed with it. But it doesn't resonate with most of the people. And so I think it's important to recognize that if you want to intermittent fast, it doesn't just have to be straight into 16 hours a day. Oh, but that's where the, that's where the benefits are. That's bullshit because I do 13 hours and there was tons of benefit from that. I stopped eating at night. I, mean, I knocked out 700 calories a day by doing that. You don't think that's a benefit? Whether I fucking ate 13 or 14. You know what I mean? Like you got to stop thinking. We, we get so, the diets sell themselves on being like, this is the system. You got to do this exact thing. And that's such bullshit, you know? And even you with the intermittent fasting, like it's working now. But I'll be honest, most people with intermittent fasting, it's like, okay, I'm going to do intermittent fasting. I'm going to lose weight. Okay. And so there's this excitement. You're replacing the, the, the excitement of the food that you're missing out on. You're replacing with the excitement of the scale going down. Right. And so that's cool. Like for a little while, but then you might get to this point where you lose the weight. Right. And now you're like, Oh, where, where's the excitement now? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm at my goal weight. Uh, what do I look forward to now, you know? And so sometimes the motivation might fall away, you know? And so again, with intermittent fasting, it's a tactic. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great one, but I think there should be more. You know, you got to think of your weight mastery as a holistic thing. There's going to be a mindset component, lifestyle component, and obviously the eating component to it. And so intermittent fasting is great, but while you're eating those eight hours, it's important to clean up the diet, put more fruit and vegetables and, and healthier stuff in your body as well. So I think it's important to think about this as well because the, you know the diet industry is always selling you this bullshit finish line i'm going to lose the weight and that's the finish line i'm letting you know right now the finish line is the starting line okay because you want to maintain that forever you know and you've got to start thinking about that now I, I, you know i know you don't believe me but it's like 95 <clears throat> percent of people that lose weight on a diet put it back on you know what i mean the numbers don't lie your, your experiences don't lie all the people you know's experiences don't lie people are just so obsessed with losing the weight that um they, they don't know what to do once they get to the weight because most people have two modes. They know how to think like an overweight person and they know how to think like a dieter. Two modes, that's it. That is it. Overweight, dieter. Overweight, dieter. That's it. Well, what happens when all of a sudden you get to your goal weight? Now you can't think like an overweight person and you can't think like a dieter. And what happens for a lot of people is they enter the vacuum space, the void. And they're like, right? Because their mantra is a diet. The dieter mantra is, I just want to lose weight. Same with overweight, right? The mantra of both of these, I just want to lose weight. 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 Okay. Well, you get to your goal weight. Now, what are you going to say? You can't keep saying that. Again, what a lot of people replace, I just don't want to put the weight back on. Oh shit. Don't put the weight back on. Don't put the weight back on. Blah, 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 blah. Right. But when do you practice overweight diet or when do you practice being a thin, healthy person? I'll just figure it out. No, you won't. No, you won't. Probably, you know? And so with program yourself, then we start day one with maintenance. We start day one with you. What is, who is you as a thin, healthy person? Now, I know, right? You're feeling it now. You're like, oh, right? Brain stop. And the brain just stops when I ask that question because you have no concept of who you are as a person who's in control of their weight, who's thin and healthy, who doesn't have to think about losing weight, doesn't have to think about going on a diet. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't even have a concept of who that you is. That's a problem. You, you've got to fill those blanks in. You know what I mean? You, you need to... This is going to sound strange, maybe, but, you know, I, I work with a, an English as a second language teacher. You know, she teaches Spanish people how to speak English. You, you can't teach that class by having them forget how to speak Spanish. But that's kind of how people try to lose weight. Oh, I'm just going to lose the weight. Well, you're going to go on a diet and you're going to cut the calories down. You're going to lose the weight. But where does your thinking change? Right? Because there's a, a part of you that that's, you have a self-image. 
You could say your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You probably think of yourself as an overweight person if you've been overweight for the last 10, 20, 30 years. Wouldn't that make sense? And while you don't like it, you're familiar with it. You know how to get by in the world with it. You know how to navigate your relationships as this version of you. And so all of a sudden you transform into this other version of you that affects your relationships, how you think about yourself. It affects a lot of areas of your life that you didn't anticipate. And so you might as well start thinking about yourself as a thin, healthy person right now and develop that mindset as you move through the process of losing weight. So by the time you lose the weight, you now are comfortable or at least familiar with what it's like to be a thin and healthy person. Because it's a completely different mindset, completely different mindset from overweight and dieter. You know, so um, Victoria says you're so right. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Victoria. Yeah, because I, I know dieter's mindset. I've been doing, I've done over 5,000 private weight losses. I've been doing this 20 years. And um, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, or a nutritionist or a personal trainer. I am a yoga instructor and a hypnotist. And, um, but I've worked with people, like real people on a practical level. And the biggest thing I think you'd find with what I'm talking about here and what I offer is that, you know, if, if I could take every single diet, every single workout and put them into one bucket to describe it, I would say that every single one of them is basically saying, here's the plan, do this. And then it's up to you to figure out how to do it, right? It's up to you to just follow it. And you have got one tool and one tool only, and it's willpower. You try and force yourself to do it. And you can usually do it for a little bit and then you can't anymore. And then you repeat the cycle forever, you know? So how do you change that? Well, I believe it's a, it's a mindset thing. You know, as you start to learn to think like a thin and healthy person, that's how you transform yourself into the person you want to be. And I think the diets have conditioned us to just think, I'll just behave different. Same person, same me, but now I'm just going to behave different. And it brings us to this crazy place because I want to point this out. You, maybe it's crazy, maybe it's not. You, you decide for yourself. But what do you... What would you say to me? And if you want to answer this, I would love to have you answer this. What is going to be different between the you now who's struggling with your weight and the you you imagine yourself that you're going to be some magical Monday in the future where all of a sudden you follow the plan perfectly and then lose the weight? Right? Because that's what you're thinking. Is it not? I mean, when you really, it's just kind of rum around the background. You're not really clear on it. But when you pull it onto the front, is that not what you're thinking? That there's going to be some Monday in the future where all of a sudden you're going to say, now I'm, gonna, now I'm ready, now I'm going to do it. And that means that you're going to start that Monday perfectly following the plan. No more carbs, no more sugar, 1,200 calories, only Mediterranean food, <laughs> whatever your plan that you want to follow is. And you're going to follow that plan perfectly until you get to your goal weight, right? But what's the difference between you now and that magical Monday? What, what's the difference? Or is there any difference? It's just what? You just all of a sudden just want to do it? And so you do it? What's the difference? And when you reflect on your past, because you've probably been thinking this way for a while, times on the Mondays when it said, okay, it's time to do it, what has your experience been? Has it been that you're really excited and you want to do it? And that you can't stick with it very long? So why would you be able to stick with it longer at some magical Monday coming up? That's the question. What is the difference? Don says every day is Monday now. I love that. That's so awesome. That's the way we want to be, right? You all listen to Don. Don. Don's a smart one. She's been following for a while. She knows what she's saying. You know? Yeah, I didn't go to 16 hours, but it got rid of my acid reflux. Yeah, that's great. Great, Polar family. That's awesome. To hear, I just joined right now. I feel what you make sense of on my fourth stone, and I feel I can't see myself. I just joined right now. I feel what you make sense 
I'm not sure what that means. If you could re-ask that, I'm not sure exactly what that's saying. So are you saying it's habitual changes that help reverse it around? I am absolutely saying that. But it's not just habitual behavioral changes. It is. Like if we were robots, I could just program in. Because like to me, there's three pillars of weight mastery, right? That I, that I teach in the program. And I put them in the shape of a pyramid to indicate the importance of them. The bottom level is your mindset. The next level is your lifestyle. And then the top level is the eating strategies. And I think most people just focus on the eating strategies. And I think without the lifestyle and the mindset pieces, um, there's little chance of you, you know, really getting very far with it. So the habitual changes I'm talking about are not just the eating habits, it's lifestyle habits, and it's really mindset habits, if you want to call it that. It's really more mindset changes that happen from one habit that I teach in the program, which is the program yourself in technique. But, um, but yeah, ultimately it's habitual changes because your habits are run by your subconscious mind, okay? So the habit we all have is brushing our teeth, right? You installed that habit, and now you just do it on autopilot, right? You don't have to think about brushing your teeth. Just do it when you wake up, do it before you go to bed, you know? And so I've got like nine of those habits, and that's what keeps me at my goal weight. That's a big part of what keeps me at my goal weight. I got those habits that are running on autopilot, really maintaining my base, you know? But I believe all weight loss is absolutely, I believe all weight is habitual, you know, your weight is the reflection of your habitual behaviors. Understand that because it's an empowering thought, you know, to think that you have no control over your weight, no matter what you do is not accurate and it's not empowering at all, you know? So ultimately your weight's a reflection of your habits. So change those habits and you can change your weight. And that's the smart and easy way to do it. And it sets you up for long-term success, you know, as well. Um, and what most people do is they're not really relying on their habits. What they're doing, right? So you have a, a, sub, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part that knows why you want to lose weight, what you should do to lose weight, um, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. Your subconscious mind is the part of your mind that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, okay? So what most people do when they want to lose weight is they're trying to use their conscious willpower to fight against and control their subconscious impulses, right? So it's Monday, you want to go on a diet, you start it, everything's going fine, all of a sudden it's 8 o'clock at night, you sit down on the sofa, and your mind says, well, where's the ice cream? We always eat ice cream at this time of night. And it's like, no, 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 we're not doing that, it's, we're on a diet. Right. But the problem is your conscious mind, which is a prefrontal cortex, is very energy intensive. Your subconscious mind is very energy efficient. So it's like this part just runs on autopilot. You don't have to remember to brush your teeth. Think about it this way, right? Like all the habits and behaviors you've learned, driving a car, riding a bike, reading, writing, using a computer mouse, typing, anything you do, you didn't know how to do it. And now you know how to do it. And now you just do it automatically. You know, and, and I was the example of like really knowing something is not a conscious thing because you know how to write, right? You can write with your hand. You know how to write everything there is to know about writing, you know. However, if I ask you to do it with the other hand, you can't do it, you know? And so what's knowing something really? You know, this is such a fascinating idea because this is where the dieters get really messed up. Just because you know what you should eat and what you should do doesn't mean you know how to do it, Right? It's like you know how to write, but you can't write with the other hand. If you want to learn how to write with the other hand, you don't need to go read a book and relearn how to write. You need to practice writing with that hand. And it's the same thing with weight loss. Just because you know what you should and shouldn't eat, that's 10% that's of the process. The other 90% is practicing getting yourself to eat that way. And no one approaches weight loss like this. They approach it like, oh, I know what to do. And I'm just going to do it perfect now, right? Because everyone starts their diet on Monday 100% perfect, all or nothing, 
right? What a stupid way to approach it. You know, you don't give yourself any chance to learn or grow or evolve into the person you want to be. You just say shit like, oh, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, that's not true. You know, it's like you have to practice getting yourself to do it. I'll buy that, you know? But this idea that you're not going to learn anything new and you're not going to be any different is weird. You know? What's up, Erica? Um, Yesenia? Yesenia, I like that name. Uh, does hypnosis help with weight loss? I got hypnosis from my dog phobia I've had my whole life. And now it's so much better. I even have two dogs now. Wow. I trust them, but I'm still scared of other dogs. Hey, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, oh, yeah. Hypnosis. Well, let me be clear. Um, I'm going to be dead honest with you here. And, and I hate to say this for my, my hypnotist colleagues, but I, I'm, I swore I'd be honest with you all. <laughs> I'll never bullshit you. My thinking is that traditional hypnosis is not going to be all that effective with weight loss. I think it, it, it 100% absolutely can help short-term help you lose weight. No question about it. And I think used strategically, it's a very powerful tool that will support you, okay? Um, but I believe, my, my opinion is ultimately, program yourself into my program and the way, now I've, I've done, I've been doing this 20 years. So I've had a hypnosis office where I did hypnosis with people. I've tested all sorts of things. The, the first person I ever hypnotized my, he's the first paying client. And um, he actually worked in a building I'd worked in at that time. And he comes in and uh, I was nervous. I was scared. my first client, right? And I remember I had my script in front of me and I, and I read the script for, you know, 20 minutes, whatever. This guy left, ended up losing like 40 pounds, right? He used to walk around the building and he'd be like, oh, Jim did this, Jim did this, right? So that was cool. But then I had, a, you know, I've worked with a lot more people. And what I realized is that it was just hit or miss. And I was like, well, what the hell? I, I can't build a program this way. I can't do it this way. I'm going to have to figure out better ways to help people. The big shift happened when I began teaching the program yourself then technique to them. And what this did is it's a self-hypnotic technique. It's very simple. It takes a minute or two, but you do it every night. And what happens is this becomes a daily process you use to program your own subconscious mind, right? Because I can, I can, and I do like in the program, I do use hypnosis because it's a powerful tool um, to help you develop a mindset, a thin and healthy mindset. And so I use it very, very intentionally and strategically. Um, but ultimately the most important you, you are your own best or worst hypnotist, okay? Because you're up in your head talking to yourself day in and day out. And that internal dialogue is dictating your weight more than anything else. And so if you don't learn how to change this internal dialogue yourself, then I don't think you would ever feel a sense of mastery and be able to keep the weight off long-term and thrive long-term. That's just my opinion. There's always outliers, but, but across, across the whole, I don't think it's that effective. And a lot of, there's a lot of hypnosis programs like, no, here's your three sessions that you're going to listen to. And that doesn't work. You know, like a three session hypnosis thing, what ends up happening is you listen to it the first couple of times, you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then the fifth, sixth time you listen to it, you're like, oh, this is where they, you know, they, they sniffle a little bit. Oh, this is where they cough. And then you start becoming less hypnotized and it starts to become less and less effective. And then you say, ah, shit, it's not working anymore. Uh, time to try the next thing. You know, that's the typical experience people have. And so with Program Yourself Then, it's all built around a technique where, you know, every night you're using, it's really two techniques. It's the redo technique, the rehearsal technique. And every night before you go to bed, you're just taking this. You're reflecting on your day and looking at it and picking something to optimize and learn and grow from. And then tomorrow you're practicing and imagining yourself being the person you want to be. Because we always pre-program ourselves, right? Like if you're honest, tomorrow, you know what you're going to do tomorrow. Right? If, if tomorrow's like a normal Friday, you got a pretty good idea how the day's going to go. And if you're really honest, you know what you're going to eat throughout the whole day. So we live our lives on autopilot. We're not there consciously. It's estimated we make over 200 food decisions a day. 
You know what I mean? You don't even know that. And so it's like we're, we're making all these subconscious decisions without even realizing it. And so we want to influence the subconscious mind in a powerful way. And most importantly, you want to do it. I want, you know, it's again, it, it's the, you know, give a person a fish, feed them for a day, you know, teach a person a fish, feed them for a lifetime thing, you know? So once you understand it, it's not rocket science, man. <laughs> like, I want to be clear about that. It's really not that complicated. It's basically, you go into hypnosis every single day, most likely. Every single time you watch like a TV show or a movie, that's a state of hypnosis. You're relaxed and calm and you're just absorbing whatever you're watching. You're not saying, this isn't real. That's just light on a screen. That, that's just an actor. Oh, they has got movies. This isn't real. This Someone wrote the script. This is just an actor saying stuff that's not true. You're not doing any of that, right? You're just like, okay, let me just imagine all this is real. And then you have a vicarious experience. Right. So you're, you're watching whatever you're watching. If you're watching a sad movie, you feel sad. If you watch a happy movie, you feel happy. And so that's hypnosis because what it's doing, it's activating your imagination and your body is responding to that imagination. So that is how you influence your subconscious mind is using this simple programming technique. And it's very powerful because, again, I can come up with hypnosis sessions that are general mantras. And, and every hypnosis session I do has a weight loss mantra in it. It's built around. Um, but the most powerful thing of all is when you are programming yourself based on your actual environment. That's the most important thing because most of your behavior is triggered by environmental cues. This is why your eating behaviors run in patterns. Notice your overeating happens in certain situations, right? You're probably not overeating like every breakfast, right? You're, you're not snacking, you know, as soon as you get up, you know what I mean? Like, like there's very specific patterns to it. And so, this is how your mind works. And so once you understand this technique, you can program yourself to behave, to, to think, feel, and behave the way you want to in a certain situation. Right now, the only tool you have is willpower. You just try and force yourself to do the thing you want to do, but you're subconsciously fighting against that. Do you ever wonder that? Do you ever wonder, like, as much as you want to lose weight and you go to try and eat better, there's some part of you that compels you to eat the wrong stuff? I mean, this is, the, this is the entire game we're talking about here, right? You want to lose weight, but there's some part of you that keeps compelling you to do the wrong thing. And so weight loss for you feels like you're fighting against yourself, which you are. You're consciously trying to fight against your subconscious programming, your subconscious mind. And it's a losing battle, you know? So again, we're programming yourself. Then we're using our conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind so that you naturally and automatically do the things um, that, that keep you at your goal weight, that get you and keep you there. All right. Um, but that being said, you know, I do have a session, uh, Yosemite, Yosemite, go uh, to my bio, click that link, and I give you a free hypnosis session. Okay. And uh, you can test it out for yourself. Right. Um, but what I want you to recognize, the way I want you to judge the effectiveness of it is if you listen to it, it's called the new thin me. It's a weight loss kickstart session. If you listen to it, it's going to help you clarify and connect to what your goal is. And that's a process we use to help you motivate yourself naturally. And when you're truly motivated, it's a lot easier to make the right food choices. Okay. And so you'll get to experience that. And um, if it, it, you'll know if it works, if for the next couple of days, you naturally start making better food choices and, and healthier decisions in your life. Right. So hypnosis, that, that's kind of your test to see if it'll work in this area. And if it does, then it's like you might want to explore well, watch the training too. I also give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And so if you use these two things, you're going to feel the effects of this process firsthand. And it's free, you know? Um, but 
Yeah, it works. I, I personally don't know how anyone would ever truly change. I mean, anyone can force themselves to act a certain way for a little while, but I don't know how you would ever truly change, transform yourself into who you want to be if you did not understand hypnosis because your subconscious mind's running all of your behavior, you know? So if you don't know how to change your subconscious mind, I don't know how you would change, you know, who you are, you know, and, and how you're living and how you eat and ultimately what your weight is, you know? Um, but yeah, go, go to my bio, click that link and get that hypnosis session because you'll get to experience it firsthand. And you get in my email world and I, I email you great stuff every day. Um, again, I'm here to help you, you know. I have a coaching program too. I mean, if you're really serious, you know, you can literally work directly with me. Um, you know, and that's something you should consider too if, you, if you're really serious, you know, about, about your weight and getting it under control. Um, but even if you just want to dabble with it, go go check it out. It's, it's like I said, it's completely free. Um, Don says scheduled eating is a game changer. Yeah, it absolutely is, isn't it? It's really great. All right, let me get out of here. I got a coaching call coming up. If you do join the program, we got coaching calls every Tuesdays and Thursdays on Zoom um, at three o'clock Eastern. And uh, again, you know that, that's worth the price of admission, just that alone. Because working with me, there ain't too many of me around. I can uh, I can flip you around real quick. <laughs> but anyways, all right, I'm gonna get out of here. But remember, you can always listen to the podcast. Podcast is program yourself. Then you can listen on the podcast platforms. Uh, YouTube, it's Jim Katsoulis. Uh, TikTok, obviously, it's where we are now. Program yourself then. I'm always putting new videos up. Um, so go check them out. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Have a great day. And we'll talk soon. Bye.